Guys, I am so excited to have Dr. Bradley Stewart on. I have known of him and met him many years ago. He preaches the Word of God with power. Every time I've been in a meeting and he's preaching, the power of the Holy Spirit is present in his words. Uh, so I'm excited for you to experience that today. So Dr. Bradley Stewart, thank you for coming on. My pleasure. It's a great joy to be on with you and reconnect again. I wanted to ask you, what have you been learning from Jesus right now in your life? The greatest thing that I've been learning right now is to live in the times that we are living in. And I believe that we are living in the end times for Matthew 24. Hmm. We literally see Matthew 24, the signs that Jesus spoke of being fulfilled day by day by day. And Derek Prince, a great Bible teacher, once said that Israel is our end time, time clock. And so I've been looking a lot at Israel, what's been happening with Israel, what's happening with America, what our sense is going on. And I've just sensed the Holy Spirit showing me that last year prior to the big attack of October in Israel. <laughs> Israel was an incredibly divided nation. And yet after October 7, they became one of the most united nations again. Wow. And I've just been sensing that right now there's a lot of division in America, <clears throat> and it's almost like we're living out the same times that Israel were going through last year. <laughs> but the hope that I have <laughs> is to see what came after the 9-11 experience. <laughs> what happened was a unity, a revival, a turning to God, and an experience in miracles. And I believe that we need to be praying, and the Holy Spirit's been mm. telling me to pray Psalm 133 for our churches, for our lives, and for our nation, where it tells us, how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. Because where there is unity, the anointing flows. And when anointing flows, the anointing destroys the yokes. And when there is unity, we don't have to pray for a blessing. <laughs> God brings his command of blessing. So that has been the first thing that I've really been sensing the Holy Spirit pushing me into and encouraging me as I've been waiting on the Lord. 
The second thing is <laughs> the very first son that Jesus gave was he said, beware that you are not deceived. And I believe that we are in a time of great deception. Wow. And if you look at what's happening with the Pope's messages, with what the Pope's coming out with, if you look at the division that's about to happen in the Catholic Church, you look at division in the Methodist Church, you look at a lot of people right now are having to make a choice in the church. Mm. What are they standing for? Are they going to stand for truth Mm. or are they going to flow with deception? And more than ever, I keep praying, John 8, 32, (laughs) you will know the truth and the truth will make you or set you free. And I've been saying, Lord, more than anything, I need your truth. (laughs) Every day I need to be hearing what is he saying, (laughs) not what is society saying, what is culture saying, what are the nations saying, what is his word saying. And his word needs to be our standard for everything in these days. Hebrews 4.12 tells us his word is alive and active and it's Mm. sharper than any two-edged sword. Why? Because it divides between bone and marrow, soul and spirit, and reveals the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So more than ever before in these days, I just feel God saying, press into my word. And Jesus is the word. He was the word that became flesh. And as I've said, Father, how do I stay close to your word and to Jesus? Mm. He said, stay close to me Mm. and listen to my voice. (laughs) And I was reminded again of a life-changing experience I had in 2002 when I was in Israel and I'd been invited to meet this family, a Jewish husband and a Gentile wife, and they had been called to move and minister and pray for Israel. And we were having dinner together, and the opticians called and said, come down, we'll stay open so that you can come and get your glasses from us. And he excused himself from the table where we were eating, said, I'm going to go down and get my glasses and I'll come back. He walked out and a few minutes later he walked back in. And we said to him, what did you forget? 
He said, I didn't forget anything. But he said, the minute I stepped in to the elevator, the Lord said to me in an audible voice, Barry, do not get on the bus. And as he said the word bus, the bus exploded right outside the window. Wow. Wow. And what that said to me is that is a level of intimacy and father-pleasing that we have to be in. (laughs) People in persecuted countries know how to have that level of intimacy. But unfortunately, many of us in America and the free world and the free church don't have that same level of intimacy that Hmm. God wants us to have with him. Hmm. And the final thing that I felt is that we need to be father pleasers. Father. If you said to Jesus, what is your ministry? (laughs) Jesus would not have said, to cast out demons, heal the sick, <laughs> bring the kingdom. He would have said one thing, to please my Father. And that is summarized in John 8, 28 and 29, where he said, when I'm taken away, then you will know that I was sent of the Father because I do nothing of my own. I only do what pleases my Father. My goodness, I can sense the power of the Word of God, even as you're talking. So just recapping a little bit, you feel that the sight of Israel, seeing what's going on in Israel is revealing in a sense, the time clock, as you quoted Derek Prince, and that in this, there's a division that you're seeing needs that God wants to address and bring unity, praying through Psalm 133. Let me ask you one question on this first point, and then I'll move to the second one, the third one. What do you believe to be one of the main and central elements of bringing about this unity that that we know God wants? It is having the same vision. Where Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there's no vision, the people perish. And it's to have that prophetic vision. (laughs) Another Bible translation says, where there is no ongoing prophetic revelation, the people cast off restraint. If the people do not have the same thing to fight for, they're going to simply be fighting for their own little thing and tearing people apart, thinking it's just all about them. But unity comes by hearing from God 
writing down their vision like he told Habakkuk in Habakkuk 2 and remaining united in their one purpose. That is an outstanding answer. Uh, let's jump into the second thing that you were talking about, being aware, being aware that you're not deceived, holding on to uh, the truth of God in, in the midst of a great deception, praying through John 8, 32, even every day, hearing the Lord, knowing the truth uh, through hearing him. And even as you brought up Hebrews 4, 12, where his word is our standard, it is that wonderful two-edged sword that divides between soul and spirit. What advice would you give to us to one, listen and, and obey the Lord through his word in this way that you're talking, God is showing you that we need to do this. Give us a, give us a practical tip. I think it will be daily taking time in his word hearing what he's saying to you and obeying what he says. People often ask me, how does God speak to you personally the most? And my answer is through the word of God. The word of God (laughs) has spoken. When I was on the mission field, And I said, Lord, am I to go back to the ocean and help my pastors start a mission school down at the ocean side? I went up and Deuteronomy 1 said, you've stayed here long enough, advance, break, and go down to the south by the ocean at the sea. There was no doubt what God was saying. When I prayed and I said in 2010, God, am I to stay in Virginia or am I to move way over to Moses Lake on the West Coast when I get married? I prayed and he said, Jeremiah 29. And I thought, but God, I know Jeremiah 29. (laughs) It says, I know the plans I have for you. But when I opened it up, it said, you will be carried away captive to place where I take you, marry a wife, buy a house, plant gardens, have children, pray for the peace of the city I put you in. No doubt. I knew I was to move here and I knew. So that is the clearest way that we can hear from God. Any other way can have humanness in it. Wow. And it can bring deception. So we have to be close to the word and hear what he is saying to us through the word. Wow. Pressing into his word staying close to his word, listening to him. On your third point, I love that definition of Jesus's ministry that you gave, a father pleaser, not just saving the lost, healing the sick, delivering from devils, pleasing the father. You quoted John eight twenty eight, which I believe is when Jesus says, I do nothing on my own initiative, correct? 
Right. So exactly. let me ask you, somebody may be watching this brand new Christian and they read something like this. I do nothing on my own initiative, but only what I see the, the father doing. Would you say that it is the word of God and daily prayer that enables a person to have this kind of father pleasing relationship? Yes, it will be as Psalm 37 says, the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. So he orders our step. And one of the things I learned from Israeli archaeological findings was they found a whole lot of oil lamps that had hooks under them. And they thought, this doesn't make sense. If you hook it up, all the oil comes out. But they found that hook was just big enough to hook onto the leather of their sandal. And you see where Psalm 119 verse 105 says, His word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Goes back to point two. You get his word and you let it shine light on where the next step is for you to go. So each day we can say, Father, mm. today I want to please you. Will you speak to me through mm. your word? Will you direct me by your spirit? And will you teach me? To have such a close walk with you <laughs> that the minute I step out, I know that I'm not doing what you've called me to do. But one of the problems <laughs> that happens is many people walk in a spirit of fear with an orphan spirit. And therefore, they battle to have that level of intimacy with the Father. Because Romans 8 mm. tells us in verse 14 and 15 that we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but the spirit of adoption whereby we can cry, Abba, Father. Daddy, God. <laughs> and many do not have that level of intimacy with the Father. And that is where oftentimes I pray and I minister to people for those father wounds, mm. for those feelings of that they are an orphan, that they abandoned or they just have a wrong image of the heavenly father because of a bad experience with a natural father. Mm. Wow. wow. That sounds absolutely crucial for understanding, trusting, and believing in God. Let me ask you this, this last question. You're you've talked about asking the Lord to open your eyes, reading the scripture, staying close to the word to be protected in the midst of deception. If I ask you, Dr. Bradley Stewart, when you sit down to draw near to the Lord, what does it 
look like on a really practical level? What are you doing? What, how are you, what's your disposition inwardly? What are you doing externally? The first thing is I would choose a quiet place, like Jesus said, when you pray, come apart (laughs) and go into your room. The second thing is I would start to just quiet my mind, take any thoughts that are there captive that are distracting. Hmm. Then I would invite the Holy Spirit Hmm. and say, come Holy Spirit, Move in this time, speak to me. Then I would say, Holy Spirit, am I really in your will? Am I really in the will of the Father? This happened in 1985. I moved out in faith, doubt, unbelief, confusion came, (laughs) and the devil kept saying, you're not in God's will, you're not in God's will. (laughs) So I went into the room did what I told you, and then I said, Holy Spirit, I want you to talk to me tonight. <laughs> I open my Bible to my set Bible reading, mm-hmm. and in that chapter that I read, I'm sobbing. <gasps> I'm crying, almost no words, and I read, Restrain your voice from weeping. And your eyes from tears, for your work shall be rewarded, declares the Lord. So there's hope for the future, declares the Lord. I had no doubt. I just began to meditate on that. And any time the devil tried to deceive me after that, I go back to what God had Mm. said and use it as a weapon. So you find a quiet place, you take every thought captive, you begin to invite the Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, minister to me, show me if I'm in your will. And you mentioned something, you said set Bible reading. So do you, after that, while you've asked the Holy Spirit to come, ask the Lord to reveal, do you then begin to read the scriptures and, and when you're reading the scriptures, are you taking notes? Are you underlining? You know, what what are you doing? When I'm reading, I often underline certain topics and I'll just be waiting to hear what are you saying, <laughs> even beyond the topic, what are you wanting to say to me? Like two weeks ago. Wednesday, I was getting ready that night to do our first night of fasting and prayer at the church. And as I said, speak to me in my devotional that morning. It was Joshua 1, and he said, tell the people, first of all, be strong and courageous for this year. Don't fear. Secondly, He said to me, they need to hear what I'm saying to them and obey. And then thirdly, they need to sanctify and prepare themselves to come into what I have for them this year. So here I was just going into my regular devotions, but it actually gave me 
the three-point prayer outline for what I shared that night. That's beautiful. There are people watching that are in all walks of life. Some of them know exactly what you're talking about. Some of them don't have any idea what you're talking about. Would you pray? And pray specifically for those that don't understand and also for those that do understand that God would further this and those that understand it and bring those who don't understand it into this intimate hearing and relational walk with the Lord. Yes. yes. Thank you. Abba, Father, Daddy, God, I come to you and I thank you so much that you have opened up the way through Jesus for new believers to enter into the Holy of Holies and speak to you face to face. You have opened up the Holy of Holies for those who have walked with you for a long time to come and to know you. Father, for new believers, I pray that you would inspire them to get to a place where they can enjoy just <laughs> coming into your presence and being blessed by your word, by your spirit, by your presence with them. Lord, for those who know you well, like myself, help us, Lord, not to allow ourselves to become so familiar with your word and with you and with your presence mm. that we miss what you are saying. But I pray that we would always have eyes to see and ears to hear. And just like Paul prayed in Ephesians 1, right after he commended the Ephesians believers for their great faith, <laughs> he said, I pray that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened, that you may know the hope of your calling and the glorious riches of your inheritance in the saints and the surpassing greatness of God that he wrought in Christ Jesus when he raised him from the dead. So, Lord, I pray that all of our eyes and our ears mm will be enlightened, yes. and that we will fully and totally walk in the calling yes. that you placed on every one of our lives as your kingdom ambassadors every day, wherever we are. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Amen. I feel the presence of the Lord so thick in this room. Uh, let me just ask you, how many books have you written now? 
I've written one book and I've done eight study guides. They're not written books, but they study guides that are on my web page. And then I am right in the final stages of completing a book on rejection where I'm talking about 20 rejection battles that the Holy Spirit revealed to me because of that one root iniquity, 20 issues that I had to deal with. Wow. So your books and your study, your book and your study guides are on your website. And what is your website? Yada, Y-A-D-A international.com Are your sermons and teachings on there as well? There are some of my sermons in the resource section and then in the um, courses you click on the course outline and then you click and you can download all the audios and you can download the workbook that goes with the audio. Praise God. That's amazing that you've made that available for people to eat from. I know people will jump on it. I can sense the presence and the power of the Spirit even now. And I know those that are watching sense and feel the same reality of God. And what I'm asking is that those of you that are watching, you grab a hold of this and assimilate assimilate the scriptures and the nearness of God's presence and watch the Lord do brand new things in your life, cause your face to glow as you give yourself to his presence. Dr. Stewart, thank you for coming on. It's been my joy and pleasure. Thank you for having me on.